0: Make your marketing to the point where it's useful for people, and it's not something you do to people. In other words, think about it like this, and this is a broad philosophical question for you to think about. What do they want from you versus what do you want them to do? And how do you make those two pieces the same, whereby they want what you want at the same time? Well, the only way you get there is by having a clear line of your value proposition. Now, I want to hear your feedback in the comments. I want to make sure you're tracking with me as we get ready to dive into the actual plan. Welcome, welcome, welcome to today's special webinar where we talk about your marketing plan because there has never been, I would argue, a more important time than today than right now in a marketplace just like this to be thinking critically about how are you going to double down? How are you going to scale your business in 2024? So we're going to jump into a whole bunch of slides. we got a lot of fun people getting on the session today. We have a lot of content to go through. I'd love to see the chat. Who's on the session? Who's here? I want to make sure you can hear me, that you can see me, and I want to know where you're coming in from. All right. Yes, it's being recorded. Uh, What's up, Maggie from Annapolis? What's up, Anna from Connecticut? I got Mike from Maryland. I got Dallas in the house. What's up, Boston, Massachusetts? Macy, hey, what's up, Rosemary? Wow, you guys are flooding me in the comments, and I completely love it. I got to tell you, I'm really, I'm really pumped about today's conversation. And I'm incredibly grateful that you've made the time today to be here. We have this slated to go for about an hour up until an hour and a half. This may run for 90 minutes because marketing is that important right now. It's that critical that you have the right plan in place in 2024 because we know the market's been challenging. We predict that it will be equally, if not more so, challenging next year. And I see that as an opportunity for you to gain market share, for you to gain the mind share of your marketplace, so that as listings come, they look to you and nobody else, that you are absolutely their agent of choice. Got a lot of fun people in the house. I love it. Uh, all right. Let me, I'm looking at the Q&A too. I got some folks using the q and I see Ping. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. Let, let's use the Q. I want to reserve the Q&A for questions, just for formality's sake. Let's reserve the Q&A for questions. Uh, But I do see Kendra and Ping and Emily. Uh, It's good to see everybody here. All right, let me get my screen so you can see my slides. And you should be seeing my slides. Uh, Let me swap the display real quick. This went backwards. You should be seeing my slide of an image of me. If you could give me some feedback on that, it would be lovely to see if you're seeing the right stuff. Because believe it or not, I got a new Mac. And so everything's backwards for me today. You got it? Kevin says he sees it. Thank you, thank you, Thank you. Uh, I was on the road this week doing four straight days of speaking events. And on the first day, I was uh, getting a honey. I was putting honey in a tea. And then I tipped the tea and completely submerged my laptop in liquid. That goes poorly when you do that. So I've, I had, I've. It's been quite a week of technical challenges, but here we are, and I've got a new Mac that's better than ever, and I'm excited to talk to you today about marketing. Uh, look, there may be questions that extend beyond our session today. If you have an idea, an epiphany, a question, uh, something that we want to talk about, let's connect on social. You see my QR code that will take you to a link dispatch where you can connect with me on Instagram on YouTube, on X, formerly Twitter, on Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, wherever you are, I want to be a resource for you. As a business coach with Tom Ferry, that is my prerogative, is to help agents and teams grow and scale their businesses, specifically through the lens of what I teach, what I train on is marketing, 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 marketing. And I'm willing to bet many of you have been tuning into our other sessions where Tom has already talked about the opening parts of the business plan, the overarching business plan. The marketing plan is a subset part of the greater business plan. And make sure you're tagging Tom. If you're posting something to Instagram, if you're uh, taking a screenshot of this and you're posting it in your stories, make sure to tag Tom, tag me. We want to hear from you on social and have the conversation extend well beyond just here today. Uh, and I'm so grateful you're here today because this again is what we love to do. This is the time where we come alive. It's in helping you build the plan and then helping you stay committed to the plan. We've been ranked the number one coaching program for 10 years running. And I show you this slide for a couple of reasons. One, I wanna brag about it. It's, it's truly been a privilege. I joined Tom right in that 2016 year. And it's been an absolute ride working with Tom, working with our ecosystem of coaching clients, helping people grow and scale their businesses and change their lives. So I share this with you one, to brag, two, out of appreciation because ultimately our success as a coaching company is the product of our coaching clients' success. If they're not having success in terms of more listings, more buyers, more GCI, more production, then we can hardly be ranked the number one coaching program. I want you to look at this through the lens of, it's not your marketing plan. It's not any one person's marketing plan. It's the cumulative total of roughly 10,000 members in our ecosystems and our ecosystem of coaching clients and what's working in their respective businesses. Today, we're going to go through a lot of different use cases. I'm going to guide you through the actual marketing plan. How should you approach formulating and building your marketing plan? But also, I'm going to talk to you about what are some of the specific tactics, some of the specific aspects of marketing that absolutely need to be in your plan that are designed to help you generate more business, specifically listings and buyers. And I'm going to be using a lot of case study to do that. I'll be showing you what many of our coaching clients in our ecosystem are doing. And I want you to look at this today through the lens of R&D. Tom uses the term R&D all the time, and it stands for rip off and duplicate. It actually stands for research and development, but we have modified the terminology to mean to suit our purposes and to mean uh, rip off and duplicate. If you see an idea today, if you come across a tactic being deployed by another agent and you think to yourself, I could do that. I might spin it differently for myself, but I could do that. That is precisely how I want you to look at today's session. I'm going to give you a ton of different ideas and strategies and tactics, again, while guiding you through how do you build your plan and I want you to have this mentality of, hey, everything's on the table. It's just R&D. So what are you going to integrate into your plan? Because here's the argument today. And here's the reality today. Your marketing plan is mission critical right now. The marketplace, man, a lot of people struggle in this kind of a marketplace because they back off. They they step down. And I'm encouraging you to double down because we know the marketplace is challenging. And In fact, if you look at the stats, Comparing 2021 units sold across the U.S. compared to 2023, we're seeing almost a 31% dip in number of sales. Now, let's look at this through two different ways. One, we're seeing almost a third of our sales that we've had in the past go away, yet we still have an influx of agents. And so there's going to be this kind of game of musical chairs where we're all going around the circle and there's simply not enough seats for everybody who's playing the game. That's the nature of the marketplace right now. And so I ask you the question, what are you prepared to do to double down? What are you prepared to do to gain your unfair share of that marketplace? Because there is opportunity. The other way to look at this is to say like, hey, the market's not in total gridlock it's not that homes aren't listing and selling. It's not that buyers aren't in the marketplace. It's that there's not as much of it as maybe you've been accustomed to over the past couple of years. And I hope by telling you that it shifts your mentality to look at your marketplace. And of course, I want you to consider like your marketplace isn't necessarily somebody else's marketplace. We're looking at national statistics right here, but what are you gonna do to double down? Because it is a real estate hunger games. If you've ever seen or read the books, The Hunger Games, it's the idea of everyone for themselves. It's agent after agent effectively fighting for the same listings, fighting for the same buyers. And today, what I want to do is give you the edge to win that fight, to win the battle for your marketplace, because it doesn't matter what the state of the market is. Fast markets, slow markets, up markets, down markets, strong markets, weak markets. Hey, listen, no matter the marketplace, now and always, the market belongs to those who market, and I know you know that because you wouldn't be on today's session if you didn't know that. And I wanna encourage you to take today's session in the context of all the sessions Tom has been doing prior to today, going through your goals, talking about your motivation, talking about where your business is gonna come from in terms of lead sources, and now moving into this section here, your marketing plan, your, your plan to bring the market to you. Now, I have a question for you. I want you to consider this rhetorically. And the question is, let's say you're in a race. Let's pretend you're going around the laps. And it's a race that never ends, forever and ever and ever. It goes around the lap over and over and over again. When is the best time to pass a competitor? There is no end. There is no start. You're just going around and around and around. When is the best time to pass a competitor? And I'll give you the answer right now. It's scientifically around a curve. Whenever that track bends around a curve, that is scientifically your edge to pass a competitor. Why? Well, because in those situations, a lot of people start to pump the brakes. They start to slow. Oh, I don't want to spin out. Who, oh, I don't want to run into the wall. They start to freak out and they start to slow down. But that's when winners hit the gas and go for it. They take their leading position. My encouragement to you is to say, hey, we're going around a curve. If, if you look at this marketplace, this is a curve. Now, when's the best time to pass a competitor then? It's right now. You could flip the question, and you could ask, "Okay, so when's the best time to get passed by a competitor?" Well, that's a I don't I don't like what you did there, Jason. I don't like the question getting flipped like that. But the reality is, it's now. There is as much of an offensive strategy to your marketing as there is a defensive strategy to your marketing. Right now, it is mission critical to have the right plan. In fact, it reminds me of a study that Bain & Company, Bain & Company is arguably the largest consulting firm internationally. They're enormous and they do a lot of data and research. And they conducted a long track study where they looked at thousands of businesses that were neck and neck. They were equally matched and yoked going into our great recessionary period. In fact, here's a a chart that shows you that you have these businesses. If you look at the bottom horizontal axis, it shows you 2007, 08, 09, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Those are all the years. And there's that gray section that's sort of highlighted during the recession right there. Going into the recession, these businesses that they studied were all neck and neck. They were evenly matched. And yet they got separated during the recessionary period. And you can see that The cause and effect of what happened during that recessionary period had a lasting impact, whereby it created a bigger and a bigger and a bigger separation, a ripple effect, a snowball effect consequences for the future. And what the study revealed is that really the the discernible difference was the businesses that were set up for success in the long run, they became the market leaders, the dominant forces in their sectors. They never stopped marketing. They never stopped sales. They never stopped their business. Where what the others did that flatline themselves, the losers, so to speak, is they stopped. They tried to play it safe. And sometimes, to quote Seth Godin, the riskiest thing you can do is try to be safe. In a market like this, you got to double down. You have to recognize that, hey, everybody else is pumping the brakes. Everybody else is scared. Yet you're here to get the plan to double down. Because you recognize one truth that change creates chances. And right now in this marketplace, there are a lot of chances, and we are going to expose those chances so that in your marketing plan, you have the right strategies, the right tactics designed to take advantage of the opportunities in today's marketplace, really in 2024's expected marketplace. So as we get into the plan, let's go super high level for a moment. Let's talk about your marketing plan by seeking to answer this question What's the point of marketing? I want to hear from you in the comments. What's the point of marketing? I'm going to open up my chat so I can see it. What's the point of marketing? Why are you doing it? Why are you marketing? Let me turn off my share for a little bit too so I can see these. What's the point of marketing? All right. So I see top of mind. I see to grow. I see people get to know you, to attract leads and get new clients. Yeah, Vicky. So uh, ironically, nobody said that about you so far, Vicky, to get actual business out of marketing. Heck Yeah. Uh, to add value, to educate, uh, marketplace share, or to get market share. Yep, brand awareness to stay top of mind, to stand out, to creating your brand, getting people to know about you. Y'all, y'all are y'all are pretty spot on. Mind share, I love it. Pretty spot on. Sales, heck yeah, Patrick. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of folks look at it and say, oh, it's all about just being recognized and gaining awareness. Yeah, that's that's part of it. That is definitely part of it but let's go back into the screens here for a second. What's the point of marketing? The job of marketing, it serves two purposes. One, it is designed to help you get attention, i.e. stay top of mind, i.e. recognition, i.e. win the mind share that leads to the market share. It's about your brand building efforts. That is certainly part of it. And so when you look at the marketing you're performing in your marketing plan, you have to ask yourself, hey, how am I going to measure the success of what I'm doing? You see, sometimes when an agent creates a marketing plan and you might've done this before, where they say, I'm gonna do this particular video series. And then they think, I didn't get any sales from it. It must not have worked. Well, sometimes you have to look at the type of marketing you're doing and say, hey, what's this? What is this marketing for? Is it designed to generate attention and it's simply an awareness play? Or is it designed to actually attract business? It's a lead generation play. So I want you to look at your marketing like this, that it serves two purposes. It is either a product of, How do you build attention, build your brand, stay top of mind? That's the purpose of your marketing. And or how do you lead generate, cash in on all that cachet, so to speak, to actually generate business? Fundamentally, marketing serves two jobs. Build your brand, generate leads, attention, attraction. I hope you see that for what it is. And as you look at the marketing that you put in your plan, you then have to evaluate it through the lens of, well, hey, what's the best way to measure what I'm doing? You see a lot of folks only do one or the other. A lot of folks look at marketing and say, oh, it's just for attention. I just wanna get top of mind awareness. But I would give you the, the metaphor of, imagine you've got a vineyard of grapes and you do all the work to nurture the grapes. And then you reach the point where it's time to harvest the grapes, yet you never take the time to pluck them off the vine. What happens to the grapes? The answer is they wither and die. In the same way, if all you do is build your brand, and yet you never cash in on the cachet, you never go pull the grapes off the vine, you never make any specific CTAs or offers designed to generate business, then all the work you did was potentially left on the vine for somebody else to go pick off the grape for themselves. On the other hand, you sometimes see agents who all they do is try to generate leads. They're like, you know, to quote Tom, like a 16-year-old dude, like they're just like, whoa, slow down, slow down, man. Come on, let's ease in. It's both you have to warm an audience up you have to create consideration by earning their attention and there's an operative word there earning and then once you have it and once you've done the work of creating that consideration once you've earned the right then you can make the calls to action to generate leads it's a both and always and i want you to bear in mind marketing isn't something you do to people it's what you do for people at the end of the day what do you sell and what's your value proposition what's your mission When you're doing your marketing, a lot of people look at marketing like it's straight up advertising. Oh, pick me, buy now, sell now, buy now, sell now. That's not useful per se. But when you recognize, and I want you to hear me close on this, when you recognize what you truly sell is your expertise, your expertise, not his, not hers, not mine, your expertise and the way you convey it, well, then all of a sudden, every video, every email, every postcard, every bit of your marketing materials that go out and they convey that value proposition of your expertise becomes a giant sales pitch for you all the time. Make your marketing to the point where it's useful for people and it's not something you do to people. In other words, think about it like this. And this is a broad philosophical question for you to think about. What do they want from you versus what do you want them to do? And how do you make those two pieces the same whereby they want what you want at the same time? Well, the only way you get there is by having a clear line of your value proposition. Now, I want to hear your feedback in the comments. I want to make sure you're tracking with me as we get ready to dive into the actual plan. Uh, Let me hear you in the comments. How are we doing with this? Exposure, connection, expand your brand. I'm loving what you put into the comments. Yep, yep, yep. It's all about both. Build your brand and generate leads. Heck yeah. All right, I'm seeing some comments. We're going to keep diving in. Let's get back into our slides. All right. So we said, marketing isn't something you do to people. It's what you do for people. Now, I have an instruction for you. This QR code will take you to a copy of the business plan. I don't want you to fill it out yet. I want you to pay attention to the session, be in the session completely. And then when it's done, you'll take time to fill out your business plan. But here's the link to it. If you want to scan it to have it up on your PDF, you can get a copy of it. You probably already have it. If you've been coming to Tom's session, this is the exact same slide that Tom has already been giving you. So you probably already have a copy of it. I'm going to leave it on the screen for just a moment longer so everybody can get a chance to scan that code and make sure that you have what Tom has already shared with you several times already. Because today we're talking about specifically the marketing section of your business plan, which is section four, marketing and lead generation. So if you have the plan, you're looking at it, there's going to be moments where we dive into the plan itself and moments where I'm talking to you about your ideas and how you want to approach your plan. Uh, Tom's already gone through purpose, motivations, units, and goals, and now we're talking about marketing and lead generation. You can see the upcoming sections are operations, the financial, and then your SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, seven-part plan, the number of completion. Fundamentally, however, if you zoom out and you look at any kind of a plan, it really walks through three major components. And I call this sort of a paper napkin plan. It's the simple version of any kind of a plan. First, you map out your goals. You've done that by now. When you listen to Tom, you talked about what are my goals? How many units sold? How much GCI generated? What are the financial goals for your business? And then from there, the next step of consideration is, okay, well, if I say I want to make a million dollars in GCI next year, hypothetically, and let's say that requires you to sell, I don't know, 200 houses in order to achieve that number, hypothetically. Okay, so what are the sources from which you will derive the sales that equal up to the 200 sales it will take to hit that million-dollar mark. You see the logic of that? What are the goals? Okay, I want to make a million bucks next year. That's 200 sales. Therefore, the sources of business that you need to pull from in order to get those deals might include your geographic farm. It might be online leads. It might be through open houses. It might be your database of past clients and sphere. It might be agent-to-agent referrals through, for example, the ecosystem of Tom Ferry coaching. It could be all those variables goals. The next logical question is what are the sources that will help you achieve the goals from where will you get those deals? And the last piece is, okay, what are the channels, i.e. the marketing channels to be utilized to work those lead sources? Think about it like that. Okay, let's say that you pick six lead sources, past clients and sphere, agent agent referrals, open houses, etc. You have six lead sources. Hypothetically, what are all the channels you're going to utilize to work those lead sources. I use this analogy with my coaching clients a lot. I'm like, think about like, how are you gonna shake the coconut tree to make the coconuts fall? I don't know if that analogy makes any resonates with you or not, but the idea is how are you gonna work those lead sources? This is a paper napkin, super simple, high level overview of what a plan is. What are your goals? What are the sources that are gonna lead to the achievement of those goals? What are the channels you're gonna utilize to work those sources? Now guess which piece we're gonna focus on today, and you guessed it right, is channels. We're gonna talk today exhaustively about the different marketing channels at your fingertips. And this part truly excites me. Uh, I think about it, I call it battle planning when when I approach making a plan like this, where in a battle plan, imagine laying out everything on the table, every, all the channels on the table. you're going to pick and choose the channels, the marketing channels that are going to best align with these different sources or those different sources to achieve that big goal. I hope that picture makes sense to you because to me, it's this natural progression of goals, sources, channels. And so this is arguably the most important slide of the entire presentation. I'll show it to you again. We're going to spend some time here on this slide. It's, it's mission critical to you. Marketing channels, I present you an exhaustive list of marketing channels. So for example, it could be leveraging uh, this little contraption here, your phone for calls and voicemails. It could be text messages or DMs that you utilize as your means of working a different source. So think about this for a second. Let's say your source is past clients. That's your source, your lead source, so to speak. You might then say as a channel, one of the best ways to work that source is to call them. And so you can then formulate a plan, and we'll talk about the actual cadence of when you call later on. I just want you to grasp the idea here is you would pick phone calls as a way of working that source. I hope that makes sense to you. Or you might pick text messages or DMs as a way of staying in contact with your lead source of past clients. It's simple. What are your goals? What are the sources from which you're going to get those deals? And then how are you going to work those sources? And by work, I mean, how are you going to communicate with? How are you going to market to those sources? It might be knocks, drops, pickups, pop buys. I've sort of clustered all those four into one. So in other words, door knocking, or maybe you deliver like, I don't know, a Thanksgiving day pie, or you drop something off like that, Uh, or it could be a pickup. We're gonna come pick up your coat donation or when are you home so we can go do that. It could be a pop by, it could be bulk email, which is one of my highlighted ones. It's not highlighted on the screen, but for me personally, what I'm working on with my coaching clients is their email newsletter, and we will spend time on that today. Your bulk email strategy in 2024 is a big one, and it's super critical to get that dialed in. So if you're taking notes, I put a big star next to bulk email. That's an important one. Social media, that's another one to star. And I've got noted there content and community, the two aspects of social media. What is content? Those are the videos that you're creating and publishing. It's what you're publishing. It's what you're putting in your stories to drive conversation. It's what you're sharing in the feed, whether it's a video or a static image or a post, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, it's all of it. It's content. What are you putting out there in community? How are you working the comments and the DMs? How are you fostering a sense of connection through your contacts on social? And how are you attracting people into that conversation? Uh, Digital ads. We'll talk a bit about these. Google, Facebook, YouTube, et cetera. So just meta, YouTube, Google, all of it. Digital ads. uh, Events parties, open houses, educational events. Uh, I'm thinking about one of our coaching clients right now, Dave Archuleta, crushes it with events. He hosts a weekly softball league. We did an episode on our podcast This Week in Marketing with him. He hosts a weekly softball league and his whole town is involved. I mean, it's literally the talk of the town and he's the guy who's connected to it. In addition to that, he hosts multiple open houses every single weekend. That OHS stands for open houses under events, He hosts multiple open houses every single weekend. I'm gonna ask you to star events too. Events are another mechanism or a marketing channel that is certainly an important one to consider in your 2024 plan. Sponsorships, maybe there's local teams or maybe there's not local teams, maybe there's big like NBA kind of teams. Uh, Some of our coaching clients are sponsors of like DJ and Lindsay sponsor the Jacksonville Jaguars. It could be teams down to a a grade school level all the way up to the big leagues, for instance, depending upon your budget and the scale and size of your business. Uh, It could be local events and festivals, or it could be schools that you sponsor. What are the opportunities to go deep and invest in your community through sponsorships? Next on our list is SEO slash SEM. SEO stands for search engine optimization. SEM stands for search engine marketing. I put them both on the screen, just so you know, they mean the same thing. And really we're talking about local SEO, which is your Google business profile. If you're not prioritizing getting reviews from customers already, you need to double down to 2024. When you think about your SEO strategy, you should really be thinking about, well, it's fundamentally tied to your Google business profile, which is fundamentally reviews. What are you doing to get more reviews? Because we have so many of our coaching clients who, because they prioritize getting reviews, whenever somebody does a Google search for best realtor in Annapolis or something like that, Phil Gertis's profile just pops up and he magically gets inbound phone calls of people who, hey, I read your reviews. You seem like the kind of agent we want to work with. Can you come meet us to talk about selling our home? SEO, what I love about it is it lies in wait. So for example, there are some marketing strategies where it's you, you got to keep pedaling the bike to make it work. And then there are others where you do some setup and they come to you. This is truly an attraction styled lead generating strategy. So your SEO strategy through your Google business profile, that's a big one. Uh, online profiles. So that might mean your Zillow profile. That might mean your Yelp profile. That might mean any profile that stands a chance. It could be your Instagram or Facebook, any profile that stands a chance of ranking. When somebody looks you up, better look good. Next is signage billboards. Uh, it could be posters. It could be shopping carts. One of our coaching clients, I was talking to him the other day about this. Uh, his name is Jay Pets and he's a dominant agent in Louisville, huge, super strong brand. He's invested in shopping carts. And he found, and I know this sounds silly, but come with me on this for a moment. He said, you know, I decided to buy the shopping carts, every single one of them for the entire year at the uh, couple of grocery stores that are most proximate to the two schools where we are the most dominant. So they're the grocery stores nearest the schools where they're the most dominant. And he said it was like $5,000 a year to buy out each grocery store. He bought out two grocery stores. So it's like a $10,000 budget, which is... You know, that may be more than you can spend, but he bought out every single shopping cart for the entire year by doing that. And he said, the amount of people who say I keep seeing your stuff every time I go to Kroger or Publix or whatever the grocery store is is crazy. He said, I've never had that level of response from a postcard. Now, don't hear me saying don't do postcards. Hear me saying Jay Pitts did a pattern interrupt. It was something they weren't used to seeing. And then bam, he cashed in on the cachet. So what's your strategy around signage? It could be bus benches. There's a lot of opportunities. I think about like Matt Curtis, we'll talk about him later, is crushing it with billboards. And then postage, postcards, uh, magazines, some of our great coaching clients, Carpenter Kessel, they're down in Florida. What they do is they have a 5,000 person mailing list of luxury affluent homeowners. And they put together this gorgeous 16 page magazine that goes out, Uh, once a quarter. And it's, it's the kind of magazine that people don't throw away. It goes on top of the stack of all the magazines on the cocktail table because it's beautiful and it's glorious. And it feels like a gift. Most people look at postcards. I'll be candid with you. Somebody grabs a postcard and they think, I don't have, uh, I don't have a high threshold of throwing that away. It's easy to look at a postcard and think trash. doesn't mean we don't send postcards. It just means, Oh, garbage. And it gets thrown away generally in a matter of seconds, unless you put like a coupon or something like that on it, which quick sidebar, some of our other coaching clients, Zach Spurlock does this. He'll go get like a free ice cream sundae from the local ice cream shop and put a little coupon on his postcards. And that suddenly converts his postcards to no longer being garbage. Instead, they go on the refrigerator because they become coupons. So you do, you should be thinking about how can I create longevity in some of my marketing? For postcards, for example, how can I get people to not want to throw it away? Well, maybe a coupon to a local business is the way to go. And generally speaking, most local businesses would be happy to let you promote their business so they can give a discount to new customers. This could be an easy win for you is to get coupons on your postcards. I digress. Let's go back then to the, uh, the magazines piece. A magazine isn't like a postcard. Postcard is easily, you know, seen as garbage. Again, I'm not saying don't do them. I'm going to tell you to do them, in fact. But a magazine is more like a gift. A magazine is more like giving somebody something of value and substance. Uh, in Carpenter Kessels, they're actually able to get sponsorship. So it is effectively zero cost to do the strategy. How can you start getting other people involved who might stand to benefit with your level of access to your marketplace, and it could literally cover the cost of your marketing? You see, I think a lot of times we talk about marketing budgeting, and we think everything's super expensive, only if you don't do some work to try to cover your costs. So what's you're thinking along those lines, uh, publications, publications. That could be a local, like I live in Nashville. So like there's the uh, Nashville scene. There are oftentimes in your local marketplaces, publications where you can get Uh, An ad, or you can get uh, maybe a column that you contribute to. What's your strategy around that? It may not be part of your 2024, but it could be uh, press and PR, so public relations. There could be opportunities there for you. And then last, TV and radio, and that could be through traditional TV and radio, local stations, or it could be through streaming services, Hulu, uh, Amazon Display. There's a lot of different opportunities, or Amazon Demand. There's a lot of different opportunities. I don't know if you're aware of this. You can run ads. On Hulu, that are zip code targeted. And you can do the same through Amazon DSP where they run those in-stream ads, their video ads that pop up quickly between like stuff people are watching on those different platforms. Or you can go through traditional networks. We'll talk about what Chris Weaver's doing with radio ads. This is all to get you thinking, wow, everything's on the table. This is battle planning. Put all the chips on the table and then decide, okay, when I look at my my goals, And I look at my sources of business. These are the sources that will achieve the goals. I'm going to get this many deals from this source, this many deals from that source, this many deals from this source over here. The next logical question is, how are you going to work those sources? What does it look like from a marketing standpoint to work those sources? To do that, it requires marketing channels. Bam, here's all the marketing channels that you may consider in terms of making a part of your plan. Not all of them. But I'm curious. Just tell me in the comments which ones are you the most like? Ooh, I'm gonna I'm doubling down on this one in the next year. Tell me in the comments. I want to see. I'm gonna stop my screen share while I go look at the comments. Tell me events. Yep, I love it. Yep, yep, yep. Bulk email. Heck yeah. Bulk email events. Events. Video and email. Yep. Social. Yep. Social. Video. 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 Coupons on postcards. Heck yeah. Isn't that just a no-brainer idea? Why? Why not put coupons on postcards? Uh, sponsorships. Yep. Uh, This is all, everybody's tracking right where I want you. This is good stuff because I see absentee owners. That's good, Andy. I love it. Uh, My question is, absentee owners is a lead source. What's the marketing channel to work the absentee owners, Andy, is the question I would ask for you. Uh, Google reviews, seller seminars. We're going to talk some about that too. I love it. Mailings, EDDM, which is mailings. I love it. All right. Y'all are smart. You're smart because you're going to double down. Cash in on the cachet. Build your brand. And I absolutely love it. All right. In your marketing plan, it will look something like this when you begin to fill it out. Uh, Let's break down a couple of sections. The first piece is the marketing budget. What's your approximate budget for your marketing this year? Listen close. I'm going to give this to you one time, and this is the prescribed recommended marketing budget approach. Uh, I suspect many of you are part of our coaching program. I want to give you the it depends answer first, and then I'll give you the hard, fast rule. The it depends answer depends on your marketplace. Some things cost different amounts of money in different marketplaces. And at the end of the day, a marketing budget in LA could be a lot different than a marketing budget in Louisville, just for instance. So there's going to be a grain of salt with which you have to take the next hard, fast rule. But generally, where we begin with our coaching clients in terms of recommending a marketing budget, is you look at the last 12 months, it could be last year's production or it could be a rolling past 12 months. And you look at the amount of GCI being generated. And when I say GCI, I generally, with my own coaching clients, look at the GCI after you paid brokerage splits, after agent referrals are out. We're talking about your true top-line revenue. What is your revenue? That's your money, and it doesn't belong to your brokerage, and it doesn't belong to all your agents on your team. It's it's your dollar. It's your top-line revenue. So you have that number. So let's say that your top-line revenue last year was $500,000 hypothetically. That's after you paid out splits and referrals and all that kind of stuff, but it's before taxes and it's before expenses. Okay. It's your top line revenue. When you look at that, we would typically say 10 to 12% of that should be earmarked for the next year's budget, which would be about $50,000 ish for your marketing budget. You may say, I'm spending three times that. Work with your personal coach. I know many of you have one of our Tom Ferry coaches Who can be that grain of salt to look at what are the actual costs in your marketplace? However, this question comes up a lot. What's a marketing budget? It's generally 10% of the top line revenue. Got it? Good. Let's keep moving. The next section is where you choose your channels. This goes back to the goals, sources, channels bit. You've You've already declared your goals by now. You've already specified the sources, the lead sources, the business sources, that will ultimately enable you to achieve that goal. I'm gonna get this many deals from this source, this many deals from that source, this many from that source, and it tallies up to your goal, that source is. And then the third piece is the channels. What are the ways you're gonna work all the sources? And you'll notice the plan is laid out exactly like that in a logical mechanism or a logical way of looking at it. So it's gonna start with paid media, ads, social, mailers, events, email newsletter, lead generation activities you have the power to choose what is or isn't part of your plan. You can add, we have a digital version of this. For our coaching clients, it's literally built into our software where there's add more, remove, and you can build a customized marketing plan that's exactly what you want to carry you forward in 2024. And what's also super nice about it is not just you have access to that marketing plan, but your coach has access to that marketing plan and it operates as a collaborative living document, whereby you can both make changes to it, and it can then function into our coaching software to help your coach work with you to achieve the actual step-by-step, day-by-day execution of the plan. I suspect many of you have been in a position before where, hey, I made an amazing plan. It's the world's greatest plan, and then you didn't execute the plan You've heard it so many times before that ideas are easy and executions where all the money gets made. So one of the benefits of our coaching program is having the plan built into our software and having your coach as a part of that plan to hold you to it. We do have a special promo going on. It's our Halloween promotion. Uh, When you call the office at 800-624-9575, ask them for the Pantana offer and we'll have a consultant who can talk to you about the special offer. It's just for this webinar. It's a special for you today it's the Pantana offer. They'll give you all the details on it. If you're somebody who says, you know what, this plan is going to be epic. And the last thing I want to do is fail to execute on the plan. If that's you, you need a coach. So call the number 800-624-9575 and ask them for the Pantana offer. Now, when you look at your plan, you're going to see, again, it's simply goals, sources, channels. We're going to pivot gears for a little bit here and talk about What I've dubbed micro-marketing, that is, I want to talk about some of the tactics that need to be a part of your plan in 2024. What am I coaching my clients to from a marketing standpoint that's helping them generate more listings and more buyers? And what should you be focused on? There's going to be four plans. I call these micro-marketing plans. Really, the way to look at these is, what are the angles of your marketing plan? What do you want to make sure that your marketing plan is doing for you? The first is, we'll talk about listing magnets. Then we'll talk about the ICU everywhere plan. And then we're going to talk about the agent for life plan. And finally, we're going to wrap up with the listing leverage plan. We're probably going to run, let's be honest, for the full 90 minutes that I talked about before. I want to dive in first to the listing magnets plan. And I want to share with you four different, uh, let's call them tactics or marketing channels that are the most opportunistic in terms of generating listings. I'm willing to bet you want to make sure your plan is Listing focused, listing dominant, and strong at attracting those opportunities. And so first, you need to make sure you're leveraging the home valuation offers. Our coaching clients have been cleaning up this year with the home valuation offer, and they're going to keep doing it next year. Uh, An example of a home valuation offer looks like this. Here's a sample postcard from one of our clients, Brian Skates in Minneapolis. It just says, what's your home worth? You scan the code and it goes to some type of an automatic CMA calculation tool. Uh, It could be uh, maybe home value leads or prime seller leads or a tool like that. And it's not just a postcard. We have clients who are running pay-per-click ads. They're putting it in their emails. They're using their home valuation CTA throughout their marketing. So if you're taking notes, the first bit of encouragement I want to offer you is, hey, are you leveraging a home valuation CTA? If you're not, you're missing a CTA that is useful. We talked about the purposes of marketing before, its attention and its attraction. And we use the example of the grapes. You could have this gorgeous vineyard that you've just nurtured and cultivated this amazing uh, produce of grapes. And if you fail to pull the grapes off the vine, they're withering and dying. This is a tool, a CTA that is designed to pull the grapes off. It could be an offer made to your database. It could be an offer sent out to your geo farm. It could be an offer for even online leads because we know half of buyers or sellers. Are you leveraging a home valuation offer? If you're not leveraging a home valuation offer, make a note, underline it, star it in your notes. It needs to be integrated into your plan. Number two is email CTAs. Notice I'm focusing on CTAs. This is about getting listings right now. A CTA, in case you're unclear, stands for a call to action. It's when you as a marketer say, you want this, do this. It's a call to action. Matt Curtis is crushing it with CTAs that look like this. Here's an email. It says, hi, Jason, could you finish the sentence for me? If I could sell my house for blank, I'd list my home this spring or fall or winter. He sends it out four times a year. Now, Matt Curtis is sending out a CTA email comparable to this every single week to his database. I made the comment earlier before about your newsletter and your email list. And I will talk more about the newsletter aspect of your email list. However, the CTA aspects of your email list are untapped. Think about it like this. Matt Curtis has an email list of about 50,000 plus people. The 50,000 who are part of his email list consist of sphere of influence contacts, past clients, leads he's generated throughout his career he's the number one team in the state of alabama so he's generated leads from all the different sources open houses leads over his career that all opt into his email list and he works the list we always work the leads but we never work the list think about it like this you generate leads let's say you're getting leads from realtor.com hypothetically and you call 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 you try to follow up as you should at your requirement you work the lead But then are you working the list? Because let's say that that lead does transact or that they ghost you and they never transact. Either way, there's still the possibility that down the road, they may have a new desire. They may decide three years later, we want to sell. We want to buy. And so Matt never lets go of the contacts. He keeps contacts for life and he makes them part of his email list. And so he's sending CTAs like this on a weekly basis out to his database. You don't have to do it weekly. You could do it monthly or quarterly. You can work up to where Matt is. I'm not saying to like smother your email list. Matt has earned the right, and I'll explain that more later, but he's working the list, not just the leads. And what's happening is across his 50,000 plus, he's generating about 24 to 26 listing appointments uh, every two quarters. So he's generating about, let's call it 50 listing appointments where they literally reply to his emails Per year off of leads he already had that didn't necessarily transact or did or whatever—it's just future business because he's working the list for life. And you should work the list for life again. You don't have to do these weekly, but you could do these on a monthly basis, on a bi-monthly basis. You and your coach can decide what's the appropriate cadence of calls to action to cash in on the cachet. It's attention. It's attraction. I hope I'm getting you to think about that. Marketing always serves two purposes: warm an audience up, seize the day. It's attention, build the brand, create consideration, earn the right to make the call to action, lead generation. It's attention, it's attraction, it's business. It's generating your pipeline for you. Email CTAs are a big one. Next on my list is YouTube ads. And I'm gonna peek at the comments if I can. I wanna see how everybody's doing for a little bit here. Uh, My computer's not gonna work for me, that's okay. Uh, YouTube ads, I'll peek at the comments when I finish this little section. Uh, YouTube ads are a big one. In fact, I would argue that your YouTube ads if you're even running them at all or not, YouTube ads are single-handedly the most underutilized advertising platform there is in the marketplace. They crush it. YouTube ads are the commercials that play before, during, or after the video you're trying to watch on YouTube. And what's amazing about them is twofold. One, the targeting options. With YouTube ads, because YouTube is owned by Google, so really they're a Google ad is what they truly are. You have unbelievable audience targeting abilities. You can target your geography, where you are doing business, so that your ads don't run somewhere else; they run only in your marketplace. And you can target, for example, audience segments. Uh, you could target an audience that consists of homeowners, so homeowners in your marketplace. You can market to them. You could target an audience. This is a newer audience, but there's an audience that's called real estate agents, and what it means is you can target people in your marketplace who Google thinks are looking for a real estate agent. I'm going to say that again. There's an audience inside of Google Ads that consists of people that Google thinks are looking for a real estate agent, and you can target them just in your geographic market with YouTube ads. Maybe your offer could look something like this. Hopefully this sound plays okay. We'll see. Here we go.
2: Viera homeowners, if you're thinking about selling, here's how our team operates. This is one of our team's newest listings in Trasona Cove. Step one was to strategize. We discussed pricing, timelines, and our team's marketing plan. Step two, we sent in a professional cleaning crew and had all of the carpets deep cleaned. It smells new. Step three, stage the home. Our team works exclusively with designers to get your home show ready. And in the event it's vacant, we can bring in furniture like this. We don't even know who owns this. Step four, professional photos, videos, and 3D tours on all listings, no exceptions. And step five, host a mega open house, AKA launch party. We go all out with food, drinks, and we make it a splash. A well-planned open house will capitalize on exposure and is the most effective way to show a property. Our team loves to host open houses. Go check out one of our team's listings. You'll see the difference.
0: All right, I wanna make sure that actually had sound. Let me click on the comments real quick for us so I can see if you did hear it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna make sure you get all the recording and all the details. Yes, you heard it. Okay, that video is crushing it for Shane Bergman. He's been running it where he targets homeowners in his marketplace and he's generating two listings a month in his geographic farm area with that type of video. What does it look like to make that CTA part of your marketing? And you should be thinking like, hey, what is all the stuff that I need to, to grab what are the assets that need to be developed to be able to execute your marketing plan? What are the different tools and software? Maybe it's ChatGPT or Tom AI. What are all the pieces you need to support your marketing plan, your business plan? It may be, I need a coach to help me make the plan, to help me execute the plan. What are you going to gather asset-wise to pull this plan off? That's how your brain should be thinking uh, right now. Let's get back into the slides. All right. So I love that video. That thing's killing it. You can make your version. When you get my slides, you'll see on the lower left, it says click. When you click that, it's hyperlinked to a step-by-step training video that will walk you through exactly how to run YouTube ads. You can watch it or you can have your marketing manager watch it. I just want to see you take action. It's not about the ideas. It's about the execution of the ideas. That's where the money gets made. I want to see you take action. And I love these these types of ads because, damn It's like, I saw you on TV, I see you everywhere. There's something magic about YouTube ads Uh, in the same way that Jay Pitts, who did the shopping carts at the grocery stores proximate to the schools where his business is the most dominant. In that same way, when people see Shane's videos on YouTube, they can't help but say something. It captures their attention. It cuts through the noise because it's an untapped well of opportunity. You should be looking at YouTube ads this year. And then finally, for listing magnets, You should be leveraging repeat referral business, absolutely leveraging repeat and referral business, because we know that per NAR, 63% of sellers last year, guess what? They found their listing agent by way of repeat referral business. And in fact, if you look at the last several years, these are reports from NAR, roughly between, there's some low 50s, but let's call it 60 to 70% of buyers and sellers are going to choose to work with an agent by way of repeat referral. That's your database we're talking about. We're talking about past clients. We're talking about your sphere of influence. We're talking about your personal network of contacts. How are you staying in relationship? Now, I'm gonna go through the entire Agent for Life plan coming up. It's one of the four plans I wanna get into today, but I'd be remiss if I did not distinctly point out to you that one of the most dominant sources of listings, arguably the most dominant source of listings, is your database are you working those relationships? Because you don't know when the opportunity to buy, sell, invest, or refer might arise within somebody or they might overhear a conversation and have you trained your database to think of you and nobody else because reality is you're either the agent of choice or an agent of chance and the odds never favor an agent of chance. You are not the only contact that your past clients know who's in real estate. You are not the only contact that your sphere of influence knows who's in real estate. You can't be a secret agent. You have to lead with value. How are you going to, in your marketing plan, demonstrate your worthiness for referrals? Because guess what? If you look at that data from NAR, it's interesting to me, and I'll I'll just take a little quick aside on this.
1: Interrupting my own show with a quick little announcement. If you're like me and you recognize this is the time of the year when we've got to make decisions, we got to look back at what's worked in the past and decide what we want to have happen in 2024, then yes, it is time for you to get your plan together. Now, if you're one of my coaching clients, you know you just go inside a loom, you download the 2024 plan, you and your coach work on that together. If you are not one of my clients, go to tomferry.com. There's a link below. Download a copy of the plan. Get to work on it. Use ChatGPT and other resources to answer the tough questions about the strategies you need to implement to ensure your success in 2024. So tomferry.com. Get your business plan and let's get to work. Now let's go back to the show. Interesting to me that
0: since the onset and the emergence of platforms like Zillow and Realtor.com and the internet, we know the internet is where the consumer begins their journey online. Like almost 100% of buyers and sellers, they, they start online. What's interesting is that the utilization of a real estate agent to facilitate the sale, whether buying or selling, since the onset of these technological advances like Zillow and the internet and so forth has increased. Now, I would have initially thought, my logic would have told me that, hey, if a consumer can do a lot more on their own, searching for homes online, et cetera, finding out what their home is worth uh, online on their own, wouldn't wouldn't you think that that would make the consumer less reliant on the agent? You would think, but actually it's the opposite. And actually, if you look at the data, the utilization of an agent has dramatically increased, like from the 2000s to now, dramatically increased. Why? Well, I would argue it's because of information or analysis paralysis. When you give the consumer so much information, all of a sudden, they're like, I don't know how to make a choice. I don't know what to do. And they suddenly need that human touch. Real estate is a relationship business. It's a know you, like you, trust you business, always has been, and it always will be. And when a consumer finds himself in a position of, I don't know if I'm making the right choice or this or that, they need somebody they can lean on. They need a guide. That's you. And they're going to likely go through traditional channels of trust to be connected with that guide. I'm going to work with the agent I've worked with before. They were great. Repeat their safety in that. Or I'm going to ask mom and dad who they think I should work with. My neighbor just sold their house. I'm going to talk to them about their agent, for instance. They're going to get a referral. What are you doing to position for referrals this year? What are you doing in the position for repeat business this year? Are you staying in touch? Do you have a relational mindset or a transactional mindset? Because your marketing plan better have the relational mindset. You never know when the time to buy, sell, invest, or refer might, prop up, might pop up. And it's super critical that you're that agent of choice in that exact moment of time. This is a relationship business. So lean into it big time in the next year. Next plan for a micro-marketing plan is the I See You Everywhere plan. We could call this one your brand plan, so to speak. What are you going to do so that you just have saturation and frequency and the marketplace just knows your name by heart, that you're that dominant force of an agent? Uh, I remember I was with Tom Ferry back, it was in 2020, I was with Tom. And he sent out a text message to about 20 or so of his connections, his friends and uh, acquaintances, who were titans of this industry. I mean, he sent it to CEOs and executives and individuals who were absolutely uh, the dominant thought leaders of real estate. And he asked every one of them a same question. He said, um, describe the agent of the future. We call it the, uh, the AOTF. Describe the agent of the future in the next two or three years. That was the question. He sent that question to all of them individually. And he shared with me everybody's response. They all put together paragraphs of responses, and Tom shared with me all of them. And an element struck me when I looked across all 20 of the responses of these titans of industry, people whose perspectives matter about who's the agent of the future. Every one of them had long-involved answers, but they all shared one common answer. They all said that the agent of the future has a recognizable brand. And I would make the argument that the agent of the future is the agent of now because we asked the question. In the next two to three years, who's that dominant agent? And if you look at the market today, this is a marketplace already divided by the rich and the rest. You are either the agent who has that brand, you have the cachet and you're cashing in on it, or you're the agent struggling to get the business right now. And my encouragement, if you're the latter, is you've got to double down. You've got to triple down to win mindshare. Marketing serves two purposes. Get attention, get brand, get consideration. And then once you have it, cash in. Cash in on the cachet. Right now, we're already in a marketplace where the agent with a strong brand is winning. You may be thinking, well, that's kind of cost prohibitive. Building a strong brand is expensive. But is it? Is it really? that? It, I mean, it could be expensive, but it doesn't have to be expensive. I mean, for example, the magazine I talked about the Carpenter Kessel is sending out, you can get the costs removed if you get the right sponsorships. You get for your postcards, you can get the businesses to give you the coupons without, it's not a tab that you're opening up per se. Are you thinking creatively? in terms of building your brand, building your influence without having to break the bank doing it because it can be done. Uh, The question I've been asking my clients lately is this question of what are your, I call these fame assets. What are your fame assets? Think about it like this. What are the marketing plays you're running? What are you doing from a marketing standpoint that you're known for? What's the marketing play you run where everybody's like, oh, you're that agent who does that or does that or does that. Uh, What are your fame assets? I remember, years and years and years ago. I initially moved to Nashville. I'm gonna tell you a bit about me uh, that I don't typically talk talk about. I moved to Nashville originally because I wanted to be a musician. And I remember I have a a twin brother and we were in this meeting with a manager in Nashville. We were just in our early twenties, we were kids. And we had a meeting and this manager said to us, uh, he was getting ready to break a little act called Little Big Town. So he did really well as a manager. And he said, guys, if you want my advice, listen up. I'm only going to give it once. And he said, what you should do is not try to go get a record deal or a pub deal or something like that. Don't try to get someone to give you money. Just go play shows. And when you play shows, get everybody's email address. Just build your email list. And I thought, Let's, what? I wasn't expecting that advice. He said, just build your email list. And I said, well, where are you going with this? And he said... Think about it like this. There was this act that was popular in the 90s named Jars of Clay. They were a popular band. He was their manager. He said, Jars of Clay, you know, they had their typical rise and then fall. That's the typical progression of any kind of a band gaining influence. They're on the radio, all that stuff. They gain their fan base and then they move on. He said that what they did is they aggressively built their email list. And he said, they don't need a record label today. They have over a million people on their email list. He said, so when they release their next album that they paid for, they don't rely upon a record label's money, they're going to go gold overnight because they're going to send an email out to their entire database. And then bam, they've got their audience built. And I started reflecting on that time in my life today. And I think about, well, everything is just manufacturing and distribution. So marketing is just manufacturing and distribution. And whoever controls the distribution controls it all. The traditional thinking is, I need the record label to give me the money because they have all the attention, all the eyeballs. I want their eyeballs and attention. Even in our even in our world today, there are some tools where I'm going to buy the leads from them because they have all the leads and all the eyeballs. I'm going to buy the leads from them. I'm asking the question, what are your fame assets? What are you doing to bring the business to you? Now, the benefits of brand are amazing. Brand is hard to measure, but the benefits are it makes lead generation cheaper, because think about it, like you have businesses, we have the two purposes of marketing, attention, attraction, build brand, lead generate. We have some businesses that only lead generate and they're effectively a nobody. The consumer doesn't know, like, or trust them. They're an anomaly. They're they're a novice. They're, uh, they're just a nobody. And so it's harder work to convert those leads. But when you have a strong brand, let's say you do generate a lead. You buy a lead from some company like Zillow. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, hey, they know, oh, that's so-and-so. I see them all over the place. Your brand is backing you up to help you convert the leads better. Having a brand, it improves lead generation. It improves lead conversion. It attracts business. There's no downside to having a strong brand unless you don't like the idea of being known. And if that's the case, I don't know why we're on this session today. My question for you is, what are your fame assets? It's always marketing. It's always manufacturing and distribution. What are you making? What are you manufacturing? And where are you distributing it? Because I want you to control access to the audience. I, I failed as a musician. I did. And I vowed from that moment forward, I would never be in a position where I didn't have an audience because I recognize if you ever want to have influence, and every one of you does, that's that in your local marketplace, you need to have influence because it's part of your brand. They're looking to you for thought leadership. They're, they're seeing you as their guide, as their expert. What are you doing to win that influence? You've got to have an audience. And to do that, I ask you, what are your fame assets? In other words, what are the marketing channels that you're going to utilize to build that influence? Here's a list of some of our top producing coaching clients, like Phil Gertis. The dude crushes it on social. He's everywhere on social and he's crushing it on social. Matt Curtis, if you drive through Huntsville, Alabama, or around, you're going to see his billboards everywhere. Are billboards expensive? Yes, they're expensive but they are what he has utilized to build a brand that attracts business and it's massively profitable for him. You may not be able to do that, but he's made the choice to make billboards his fame asset. If you look at Shanna Gillette, she's part of American Dream TV. She's crushing YouTube. Her social is super strong. She's leveraged video to the max to build a brand where everybody knows, likes, and trusts her. Shanna Gillette, she crushes it outside of Phoenix in the East Valley. Everybody knows who she is. Maureen Folan sends out mailers to literally Queens. Like if you're in Queens, you know, Maureen Follin because it's her, it's her asset. It's her fame asset is postcards and mailers. And she crushes it with those. They're branded. You see her face everywhere she goes. She meets people she knows because she's leveraging her brand. If you look at Chris Weaver, Chris Weaver runs radio ads and they're unbelievable. They're typically a home valuation offer with radio. He runs ads across a couple of different local stations and you hear his little 60 second ad multiple times a day and he absolutely annihilates because he's got a brand. Ken Posick has taken YouTube to an entirely different level. Ken Posick last year sold over 200 houses based upon people who found him on his YouTube videos because he is the ultimate video influencer for all things Orlando living, living, selling, et cetera. What's gonna be your fame asset? How are you gonna build your brand in 2024 in a way where every other agent is like getting shoved aside because you're grabbing your unfair share of the marketplace by building your brand stronger. Again, here's the channels. Which ones? I want you to look at the screen. What's going to be the one that you use to build your influence, to build your platform? Well, you're that agent. I see you everywhere, every day. That's the mantra. When I think about brand, this is going to be a little bit On a high level thinking for a second. There are a couple of variables that matter in your marketing plan. One is frequency. How often are people seeing you? It can't be every now and again. It needs to be, and you can work with your coach on this. How often do they need to be seeing me so that it has an impact on these different channels? Because we know that if it's happening frequently, the recall and recognition goes way up. If it happens infrequently, eh, you're easy to ignore. No offense. The other variable or other metric, so frequency is one metric, the other metric is saturation. Saturation is a, a hard one to explain, but think of it like this. Let's say I run YouTube ads and let's say the potential of my audience, let's say I target Nashville, Tennessee, and let's say that, and I target homeowners in Nashville, and I'm just guessing, I don't even know the population here, I should. Let's say there's a million people in my audience that could be reached with my ads. And let's say that I spend a dollar a day and that dollar a day lets me reach, I don't know, 50,000 of them. I'm hardly making a dent at that point. I'm asking you the question of when you look across all the different marketing channels, which one or ones will allow you to go deep to make a massive dent in terms of reaching the entirety of an audience so that everybody knows you, likes you, trusts you, sees you everywhere. It's frequency, how often is it happening? And it's saturation. What percentage of the audience are you winning over? That's what it means to build a brand, numerically speaking. I want to see you everywhere, every day. Now, fourth plan is agent for life plan. There are a lot of agents who struggle with a mindset that is transactional nature, not relational nature. Oh, they bought a house. They're not going to buy a house again anytime soon. So I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to be pestering them or anything like that. To which I say, you're missing the word referral. Referral, there's so much opportunity for referrals. So how are you going to position yourself to be the agent for life? To not be the agent who lets contact go flatlined, who lets it go radio silent, because if your contact with your past clients in particular and your sphere of influence goes radio silent, you are not their agent for life. All right, so I'll bet you this that your database is probably your best source of business. If you look across the history of your sales, last year, this year, et cetera, I'll bet you a lot of your sales are repeat referral that come from the people who already know, like, and trust you, past clients, and sphere of influence contacts. Yet a lot of agents don't have a marketing plan designed to create consideration with these folks. Now, when you look at the channels, you saw uh, calls and voicemails and texts. There are definitely one-to-one communication that is advisable when it comes to reaching out to your database. We've talked about that in our ecosystem a lot. Uh, We talk about, hey, they should hear from you on the like four times a year, it should be a phone call. They should be invited to the annual client event. There are different belly to belly, face to face, talking to -to one-to-one interactions that need to be a part of your your plan. However, what I wanna give you next is, what are some of the, what's some of the bedrock? How can you create consideration all the time through your marketing? so that when you call your database, it's not random or out of the blue. You're already top of mind. How can you market to your database so that the calls and texts and DMs, the one-on-one communications are that much more meaningful and not random? That's Hopefully that vibes with you because I know a lot of agents, they struggle with this. I haven't talked to them in six years and if I call them now, it's gonna be so awkward. But what if it wasn't awkward? What if it was natural and seamless? To me, to get to natural and seamless, it means you have to build your brand your consideration with them. You have to earn that right so that when you call them, it's an absolute warm conversation. Uh, This is a multi-channel marketing plan for your database contacts with three major parts. It's a marketing plan. It is not designed to substitute your calls. That's for you and your coach to work on in terms of mapping out your exact plan. I want to encourage you to consider having these three aspects as sort of the underlying marketing that is continually working your database creating that consideration, keeping you top of mind. This table has three columns, channel, frequency, and strategy. The channel is the marketing channel we're gonna utilize. The frequency is how often, and the strategy is a quick description of what we're gonna do. So first is content and video on an ongoing basis. Specifically, we're gonna create ads that are targeting your database. Interesting. One could then say, well, wait a minute, you said ads and content. What we're gonna do is create content and then put money behind it and pay to promote that content to make sure your database sees it. I would make the argument to you, and if you've heard me talk before, you've heard me say that marketing without content is like a bow without arrows. If you don't have a strategy in place now for producing video, for making content for social, for your blogs, then you're effectively not marketing. There is a difference between advertising, where it's just a static offer all the time, but marketing is what you do for people, not to people. And the best way to give if what you sell is your expertise is arguably through your content, through your video content. Video these days is vertical. It's TikTok videos. It's reels on Instagram and Facebook. It's YouTube shorts. And here's a list of a couple of our producers. Uh, so Shannon Mangin, Kyle DeBoer, Faith Barrett, they're crushing it with different types of vertical videos. You may want to look them up on social and see how Shannon is doing those green screen talking heads see how Kyle is leveraging uh, his property walkthrough tours, see how Faith is doing local social where she documents and highlights her town. These are the types of videos that we're promoting that we're not going to go into great depth today. But a lot of people ask me, hey, Jason, what's the best ad to run? And I would argue, well, it depends on who you're targeting. What do you want them to do? um, What's the offer? But think about it like this. If what you sell is you and the expertise that you possess as a real estate, as a competent real estate agent who can get the job done at the best possible level. If that's what you sell is, or, reason, or the reason they hire you is because of that expertise. If that's it, then if you make videos for social that showcase that right there, that worthiness of hire, the demonstration of your expertise, then every one of those videos could potentially be a giant billboard, a campaign for why I should hire you. So why not put money behind those to make sure people see them? Because if your database doesn't see them, it's not going to work. Now, we know right now on Facebook and Instagram, they're testing a lot of AI suggested content. It's going to keep happening next year. And so that means organically, it's going to be harder and harder and harder for your past clients and sphere, i.e. your followers, to see what you're posting. And if your followers who are your past clients and sphere don't see what you're posting, then it's not having any influence on them. It's not persuading them of anything and introducing them the idea that you should be retargeting them. Facebook and Instagram, TikTok and LinkedIn, all these platforms have advertising portals whereby you can take a spreadsheet of all your contacts. So imagine going into your CRM and maybe it's follow-up boss, maybe it's boomtown, whatever it is, and exporting all your contacts to a CSV file. That's a spreadsheet, like an Excel spreadsheet where one column is their name, the next column is their phone number and then their email address and whatever data you have about these people. You can export all your CRM contacts to a spreadsheet and then you can literally upload that spreadsheet into the advertising portals for facebook and instagram which is meta ads into TikTok for business into linkedin advertising all of these different social platforms have portals where you as an advertiser can say hey show my ads to these people and so what happens is for example facebook and instagram will parse through your data and say oh that's billy and they'll start matching your contact info with their own list of users inside their platform and then show your ad, whatever it is to them. And my encouragement is post your videos on social organically. The talking heads, the property tours, the local social, post it there. And then after the fact, go behind it, upload your database and retarget all those people with the videos you already posted to ensure that they saw them. Uh, We teach our clients a strategy called meta multipliers. And when you get to slides, you can click the little click button in the lower left, and it will tell you exactly how to do these step-by-step-by-step so that you can put these in place. And these can be run once a month. Once a month, you can go through and take all the content you've been publishing for the past 30 days, feed it all into a single campaign, and boom, they see you everywhere all the time through your content and video. And each video is shaping their impression of you, creating consideration for your services because it demonstrates who you are, what you do, and why you do it different than everybody else. That's the first piece, is your content and video with paid strategy targeting your database so that they see you on social all the time. Second piece is your email campaigns on a weekly basis, value-rich mass email newsletter. You are not sending enough email, not even close, But there are a lot of folks who get kind of, I would say, swooned into using some service that says, we'll do it for you. We have a team of professional copywriters. We'll write it for you. Uh, I am a fan of homemade, not out of a can. Canned content doesn't really build your brand in the way that you want to build your brand. So you also have to consider like, hey, of all the stuff we're talking about, what can you take on and what's going to be maybe into the next quarter or the next quarter or the next quarter initiative? Because you cannot boil the ocean overnight. So don't bite off more than you can chew, but ask yourself, what does it take to do it right? Does email marketing require you to make some adjustments to do it right? Uh, there are different email sending services, Costa Contact, MailChimp, AWeber, ActiveCampaign. I don't have a favorite. I will tell you, you generally get what you pay for. So uh, have some discretion. If you If you see some freebie service, there's usually strings attached that are complicated. And I typically don't recommend freebie services. This should be an investment. I personally use MailChimp. A lot of my clients love ActiveCampaign. These are all reputable providers right here on the screen. So pick your favorite, I don't care, and start sending out a weekly email newsletter like Matt Curtis here. So Matt Curtis is crushing the billboards. He's also crushing email. He's multi-channel. He's everywhere. Uh, He sends out a weekly real estate roundup every Friday. And in it, he recaptures some of his content. So he's repurposing videos. He shared on social. The second section there is an embedded offer for his home valuation. So we talked about that home valuation CTA. is not just for postcards. It can be integrated into your newsletters. You should leverage that CTA. He features some of his listings that rotates every single week. He then puts in another featured video. So again, marketing without content is a bow without arrows. It can't do anything without the arrows, but every video is like an arrow in the quiver. And when you get yourself on a cadence of making content, All of a sudden, options present themselves to you because you have places you can put the content to help to build your brand, like your emails, like on social, like running ads. Uh, He has a sneak peek for upcoming listings, sometimes his open houses, and then he loves on a local event, something happening locally in the very bottom section that he wants to highlight, so he's an ambassador of the local community. These emails crush it for him, and the argument could be made that because this email is sent weekly and it is so useful, it is the reason why he can send that CTA email that I showed you before on a weekly basis. You gotta earn the right. Some people just jump to the, hey, we wanna buy or sell a house? No, 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 you gotta warm up the audience. Create consideration to get a higher conversion. Marketing has two jobs. Build your brand, generate leads. Not one, not the other, both all the time. It's a step A and then a B. A plus B equals marketing. Uh, last piece of your multi-channel plan is everywhere ads. Specifically, I'm talking about running banner ads that show your face. I have it running on a monthly basis. Candidly, you could run it for a whole year. It doesn't. You'll see why. Uh, you've likely seen these types of ads as you peruse the internet. They're literally all over the place. Uh, there are random websites. They pop up in the footers of apps that you use on your phone. They're everywhere. And those ads are generally put there by Google. These are called Google Display Network ads. Google's display network is a 3 million-ish list of different websites and apps that are part of their advertising program that allow you, the advertiser, to put your ads on their web pages or their their apps, so to speak. It does not matter. This this one's thesaurus.com. It doesn't matter that I'm on thesaurus.com. It matters that Google knows I'm on thesaurus.com and can show me the person trying to advertise to me. This here is Katie Day with the Move Me to Texas team. She is literally everywhere, square-shaped, wide and skinny, looking for a realtor, looking for a Houston realtor. And what's cool about these ads is they're called responsive ads. There's no graphic design involved. You you simply feed it a few images, some headlines, and it will automatically graphic design them for you. They're easy to run, yet I have the little click here button in the lower left for a step-by-step resource for you to watch on how to run these. You have the ability generally to upload your database and target them directly so that it doesn't, you could target the same way you target YouTube. You can target homeowners in a specific area. You can target people who are looking for a real estate agent in your specific area. You can also upload your database through that spreadsheet and let it do it for you. If you run into a lack of eligibility, if yours sometimes ad accounts don't have the eligibility for that customer list, if that happens to you, you should check out a tool called AdRoll, A-D-R-O-L-L, because you'll be using their ad accounts and they do have eligibility for that to run these types of ads. But these are critical. These are awesome. The, pit, the piece that's most important is if and, if and when you choose to run these, you need to make sure that I see your face. I, need, I don't want to see like just words and text. It's too easy to ignore these ads unless I see your face. But if somebody sees somebody they know, look, it's Katie, right? There she is. Show me your face when you run these ads. That part is absolutely paramount. Okay, uh, in case we missed anything, let's call this last little bit here on this section, Operation Love on Your Database. And I sincerely hope you're getting overwhelmed by now because I want to go back to that battle planning idea. The idea is we're going to lay all the chips on the table. What are all the channels and all the ways we can build the brand and generate leads? And then you're going to pick and choose what's going to be a part of your plan. That's my approach, put it all on the table. Leave no stone unturned and then pick and choose. But if you are overwhelmed, I remind you, you're gonna have to pick and choose. What's gonna be a part of your plan? What's not gonna be a part of your plan? That's for you to decide. Uh, with your database, you could consider parties and events, birthdays, anniversaries, holiday greetings, pop buys, postage, text in just to check in, leveraging DMs and comments, uh, equity reviews. So what a lot of our co- coaching clients do, this is a uh, coach David Caldwell's strategy is when it's the home anniversary of a past client, that automatically triggers outreach for it's time for your annual checkup, your equity checkup. It's kind of like getting a physical annually, uh, whereby you reach out and you just talk about what's happened in the market with a past client, where home values are, how it's impacted them, and you keep them informed. Uh, a VIP Facebook group that's just for loving on your database, your past clients, gifts and swag and educational webinars or seminars. What are all the opportunities, leaving no stone unturned to massively love on your database? Be the agent for life. Last piece, and then we'll try to do a little bit of Q&A before we're out of here. I'll look at the chat in the comments if I have time, is leveraging your listings. Uh, I saved this one for last. I think it's, I think it's really important. You need to leverage every listing. There is a time in the past few years where homes were selling so quickly, agents would say, I don't even have time to make a video. And I would say, well, when the market speeds up, then speed up your marketing. Well, right now you do have time. And I would encourage you, if you're not absolutely exhaustively leveraging your listings in a way where you market the listing that benefits the homeowner, benefits the seller, but also benefits your brand, you're missing a critical opportunity. Because in this business, you get to market two things. You get to market yourself and your services, and you get to market your listings. When you use your listings to market your services, it's like a double whammy, so to speak. So what's your listing leverage plan in 2024? Uh, Some of these marketing listing magnets, I see you everywhere, Agent for Life, some of these different micro plans, they happen on an ongoing basis. Others are triggered question is, when you get a listing, bam, how are you going to get off to the races? What are you going to do? Here's some ideas for you. And this is, you don't have to do all of these, but the more, the better. What about just listed and just sold postcards? That JLJS stands for just listed, just sold postcards. Even if it was just one, just sold postcards to the neighbors around your listing. Everybody knows the adage. When a home sells, some of the neighbors are going to eventually sell too. Because one sells, a couple more come along the way, sort of like a chain reaction or a domino effect. And so what are you going to do to cash in on that opportunity? Just listen, just sold postcards. Uh, some of our clients like uh, Matt Curtis, Trey Willer, they're using text for info sign writers, where they have like a writer on the yard sign or a little stake QR code sign. that if you scan it, you can text for info. Many of them are using a tool called call action to help them facilitate that with phone numbers and texting and so forth. But text for info signs are getting a lot of sign call leads. Why not get sign call leads? Uh, mega open houses. Tom has talked for years about the power of mega open houses. Do open houses. Be committed to open houses. If you're going to, if you want a recommendation from me in terms of what should absolutely be a piece of your marketing equation next year, it should be open houses. And a mega open house is simply an open house deluxe where it's more promotion, more of everything. It's all bigger and better. A mega open house. I love open houses because open houses give you something to they give you something to promote. You can talk about the open house and create, oh wow, look at them. they're busy all the time. You can put out directional signs. If the directional signs are branded, any neighbor in the area is going to assume they must have fifty listings. They must have all the listings because there's so many signs everywhere. You can create the you can create the sense amongst neighbors that you control the inventory in their marketplace, which means they're going to be more likely to want to work with you because you're the best obviously, based upon they see the, the safety in numbers. So leveraging the directional signs, open houses give you something to promote. They give you a chance to get face-to-face with prospective buyers and sellers. So you get leads out of open houses. You can follow up with the people you meet at open houses. You can door knock the neighbors to invite them to open houses. Leverage open houses. Uh, social media posts uh, to the power of two right there. So like double down on your social media post. Videos, reels, stories, your content, your content your content, make more content and let it feed and trickle into everything else you do marketing wise. Because without content, it's like not having any arrows for your bow. But when you have those arrows, you can shoot them here, there, there, and there, be a part of your emails, be a part of your ads, post them organically. You can use your content in a lot of different channels and outlets. Uh, portal ads, think about like, so like a lot of you have Zillow Showcase or other Zillow tools like that, uh, or next door ads to promote your listings, leverage tools like that. Uh, Leverage buy and sell forums like Facebook Marketplace, like Craigslist, leverage ads on Meta, where it could be a video ad or lots of ads or a static image ad or a click to learn more ad. We know that historically just listed ad campaigns crush it on meta. Are you running just listed campaigns, targeting the right audiences, uh Google ads and YouTube ads, making sure that you're getting all the right media that you need? Are you are you getting the Matterport tour, the 360 tour? Are you getting the drone footage? Are you getting all the media you need to feed everything else, all your videos, all your content? And if you're not, get it. I I Go all out. I did an interview with Shannon Gillette recently, and she made a statement during the interview, and she said every listing she believes deserves a listing video. So make sure you get the right assets that you need to be a part of those videos. Uh, PR and publications. Are you leveraging maybe a local magazine or publication that could be a great placement for your listings? if that's hyper-relevant in your marketplace. What about getting the review on Google from the seller? We know that traditionally buyers, from a Google search standpoint, buyers tend to look for houses, homes for sale in area, whatever it is. That's what they, that's what they Google search. What do sellers search on Google? Well, they're a lot more likely to search for uh, best real estate agent in blank area. And if a seller is likely to search that, then they're likely to want to read reviews from other fellow sellers to gain perspective of whether or not they should hire you. So if you're not focusing on more than anything else, getting seller reviews for your Google business profile, you're missing an opportunity to get that review. And then last, YouTube commercials, whereby you could actually create a YouTube ad. You could target the neighbors. It'll be a little bit broader than that, but you could use an opening hook in the video to say, I'm making this neighborhood up. Hey, Highland Park homeowners, it's Jason Pantana at your neighbor's listing for sale, one to the banana street, blah, blah, blah. And imagine if a neighbor sees an ad like that, or imagine if a buyer sees an ad like that, and they think, wow, I've never seen an agent work this hard to market and sell a property. It positions you to earn their business. Another note I'll make about listing leverage is, there are many agents who are leveraging listings immediately, but we know the idea that when one home sells, two or three more will eventually sell. But that word eventually, how long are you committed to working around your listings to the neighbors? for maybe two or three months. Because if you truly wanna cash in on the opportunities of people who decide to sell because they were maybe directly or indirectly influenced by the one sale, then if you only market to them for like a week, they may or may not remember you. But if you market them for like a month, two months, three months, and you space it out over time, you may be in just the right place at just the right time to get those listings. The idea overall is your brand, build your brand, your brand under the dome, saturation, frequency, consideration, all the words that matter from a marketing metric standpoint, so that everybody thinks of you when they think of real estate. What are you doing to create that association? Are you making an absolute dent where when people think real estate in your market, they think you because if you aren't saying yes to that, I would say there is there are many stones unturned in your marketing plan to build your brand, make it bigger and stronger. Now, I remind you this isn't a one and done. your marketing plan isn't a aspiration and it isn't, I'm going to do it for a week or two. And then it stops because we know in life, in business, the results are always in the repetition. It's what you do consistently that pays off. Think about work you've done in the past where you had a beautiful video and it could have been the start of something amazing, but you didn't do it again. Or think about times where you were busy for a little bit um, and you were doing your marketing and all of a sudden your pipeline filled up and then you stopped. I was talking about this with Tom yesterday. In fact, we were talking about one of the common pitfalls in this industry is I have no business, so I prospect and market my face off. I get business, and then I stop prospecting and marketing my face off to serve my clients, and then I have no business because I stopped. Your marketing plan is not for today's business. It's creating tomorrow's business. How are you investing in tomorrow's business? What you do today earns you the business tomorrow. There has to be a sense for delay gratification, yet we find that a lot of folks struggle with this because a lot of folks wonder, is this even working? Is what I'm doing going to move the needle? What if I'm just spending my, what if I'm wasting my money? What if it's not going to work? We know, A, and you know, the results are in the repetition. But what if there's a challenge of, is this or isn't this working? Which if you find yourself in that thinking of, should I stop this? Maybe I'll stop this. You're at a high risk of turning into a dabbler. Dabblers don't win because they quit just before that moment of payoff started to emerge. In fact, this is one of the benefits of our ecosystem is instead of guessing, you have the ability to look at, well, Jay Pitts is doing that. Sandra Pike is doing that. Look what other agents are doing. And you have the confidence in knowing, well, if it works for them and them and them and them, then I can wait and expect results in this kind of a timeframe because you have people who've gone before you. They've walked the path before you. So you can put confidence in the steps you're taking today. That's part of the beauty of our ecosystem so that you can then have the confidence to do it again and again and again. Now, the last part of the plan of the marketing plan is the strategic planning, where you break down the yearly, quarterly, monthly, weekly, daily actions. What are you gonna do and when? And you'll notice on that far right column, it says channel. So maybe it's a client event. Maybe the first one says yearly, I'm gonna do a client appreciation event. And the channel is gonna be through the event and it's gonna be for the lead source. That is likely your past clients and your sphere of influence contacts. This this is where you put the final stroke on your plan to say, here's everything I want to do, and here's when I'm going to do it. If you don't specify when, it doesn't really exist because ideas are easy and execution is hard. It's where all the money gets made. So what's your marketing mindset for 2024? I wonder how you're thinking right now. Are you thinking, wow, this is overwhelming. There's a lot of ideas. There's a lot I could be doing right now. There's a lot I am doing or I'm not doing or I need to adjust what I'm doing. Or am I afraid? What's your marketing mindset in 2024? I can tell you what my clients is. More, better, go, growth. Uh, Tom talks about the five phases of business pretty often. Startup growth, cash cow, fading winner, restructure. And that no matter where you would plot yourself on this curve, this is the traditional patterns of what we see in someone's business. They're in a startup phase. They're new. They're in growth mode. They're, the, they're at the top of their business right now, but they're about to dip on the other side of it. They're moving into a fading winner, or maybe they've, they're have they past the fading winner and now they're in a total need to restructure. No matter where you are in your business, it all goes back to growth. So I hope the way you answer the question is, what's your marketing mindset in 2024? I hope it's a mindset of growth. Get a coach and get a plan that you can execute on to create your business. Every business on the planet can divide itself into three major categories. It's operations, it's marketing, and it's sales. Operations is the delivery of the experience that you provide to customers. It's you being the best version of that for your customers. Marketing's job is to create a brand and generate leads. And the job of sales is to book appointments and close them so that you get clients to serve. Round and round it goes. If you stop marketing, if you take your foot off the gas, that's like being on an airplane. And then turning off the engines, it's going to start to lose altitude. You have to never stop marketing, never stop prospecting, always keep it moving forward so that you maintain your altitude in your business or even gain altitude in your business. If you're struggling right now, call the number. If you're in a position where you think I'm not struggling, I'm freaking fired up and I want to go after it, call the number 800-624-9575. We want to be a part of your journey to greatness in 2024. It's been an absolute privilege to connect. Uh, I'm putting my social links up here one more time. I'm going to look at some Q&A for the last few minutes here. I got about five minutes to look at some Q&A. But if you have a question we don't get to, just shoot me a DM. I want to be a resource for you. As a coach with Tom Ferry, this is what I love and live for, is to help you achieve and fulfill your greatness. All right, let's get the screen share off and let's look at some chats. All right, hopefully you got lots of good ideas. All right, I'm scanning through. Let's click on the Q&A, and there's, like, a lot of men here. I'm going to see what I can get. Okay. Uh, my microphone sounds a little muffled. Well, it's a little late now. Sorry about that. I hope that wasn't for everybody. It is a new computer, and so hopefully it all worked. Um, is this going to be recorded? Yes. Creating awareness. I'm looking at, sorry, there's a lot of stuff in the Q&A that's not quite right. I'm looking for actual questions. What is your tip for the mass email newsletter? My tip for the mass email newsletter is to give value. Give value. How do you give value? Well, your content should give value. So integrate your content into your newsletter and send it out that way. Um, other than that, I would tell you to go watch. There's a have done several episodes on email marketing and This Week in Marketing. If you're not following Tom's YouTube channel, you should. And on Tom's YouTube channel, I lead a podcast called This Week in Marketing. And I've talked about email marketing a lot. I would encourage you to tune into that. Uh, I would also tell you that we have a course called Inbox Hero. It's part of Marketing Pro. Uh, It's a course led by me that talks about email marketing for a three-hour course. You can go to tomferry.com slash marketing pro, tomferry.com slash marketing pro to learn more about that. Okay. Uh, As far as the recording, yes, I believe the team is going to send out the recording. Uh, and the slides. Oh, here came some questions. Best advice to get started on YouTube. Also, this should be strictly all real estate related, or could I do a day in the life, et cetera, to make it more personal? Okay. YouTube, from an algorithmic standpoint, pays very close attention to, oh, this channel makes content like this for people like that. If you make day in the life content, it's not going to necessarily want to show your content to people who are looking for real estate stuff. So my encouragement is, Be on target with what you want. If you want to generate listings, then be listing focused. If you want to generate buyers, then be buyer focused. But don't be varied in your subject matter. And then once you determine, okay, I'm going to make videos like this for people like that, and you're clear about that, then my recommendation is make a weekly video on your YouTube channel at minimum. A weekly video at minimum. It should be longer form and quality matters on YouTube. Because think about it like this, YouTube's a search engine, it's owned by Google, it's not a social network. So when somebody finds your video, it's likely that they searched YouTube, your video ranked and they watched it, which means they're watching with a greater anticipation of what you have for them because they sought it out. So make sure you're committed to some quality on those videos as well. All right, what are my thoughts on including a QR code um, of what's your home worth on just sold cards? Absolutely. However, generally speaking, I'm a, I'm a sucker for singularity of focus. So uh, you can have a clear call to action on a postcard, whatever it is. And then you can also offer a secondary, what's called a transitional call to action. It could be that. So long as it doesn't dis- distract from a primary offer, it's fine. But it's likely that it's a good one. Hey, just sold. Um, they may want another home value. See how this impacted your home's value. So I think it's a super smart move, anonymous attendee. <laughs> uh, all right, Reza asks, can you please share the link for the um yeah, I'll put that back on the screen here for us momentarily. Give me a second. I'll put that up for everybody to look at. She's asking for the link to the business plan. Here it is. You can scan the code now. Go ahead, Reza. I'm gonna give out like a few seconds. Will we receive the slides from today's presentation? Yep, I'm gonna make sure the team has them so they can send them out to you as well, so you can click those resource. Uh, what is a good content schedule for social? Uh, A video a day is a good schedule. If you can commit yourself to a reel a day, which which there may be a lot more work involved in this. Uh, I literally just led a three-day workshop where we talked about how to do that. We're not going to get into all those mechanics today, but a good schedule is a post a day keeps the doctor away idea. Okay, let's grab one more question. One more question. Give me two seconds and I will do that. One more question. Uh, Do YouTube have a special ads category like Facebook and Instagram? Yes and no. It's not. It's called personalized advertising policy for housing. Uh, They do not let you target zip codes. They do let you target a privacy safe radius. You can target cities and so forth. It is not as restrictive as Facebook and Instagram. It does exist. Um, What is, so it's not as restrictive, but the downside is Facebook and Instagram gray out what you cannot touch as an advertiser. So it's like gutter guards playing a bowling game. Um, But YouTube doesn't. So you just have to kind of know. So I I would write down a research, personalized ads, Google housing. And that's what you're subject to. Folks, it's been an absolute privilege to spend this time with you today. Have a wonderful day. Plan and remember, ideas are easy and execution is where all the money gets made. Set yourself up to achieve and fulfill your plans. Thank you so much.